This is Problem Solved, the IISE podcast, where we talk to industrial and systems engineers about their work, ideas, and solutions. Hi, everyone. I'm David Brandt, the web editor for the Institute of Industrial and Systems Engineers and a producer for Problem Solved, the first ever podcast from IISE. We appreciate you listening to our launch episode. Problem Solved will feature both IISE members and non-members who come from diverse backgrounds in both academia and industry to discuss a wide range of topics as it relates to their work, as well as some offbeat topics that we think you, our audience, will find fascinating. In this first episode, we're going to feature a discussion between IISE CEO Don Green and David Poyer, IISE's president-elect and CEO of the Poyer Group, a global company based in Toronto that specializes in helping organizations implement and integrate significant change successfully. These two will discuss several topics, including the early learnings that led David to a career in industrial engineering, the relevancy of ISEs at large, and the opportunities for ISEs in the next decade. So let's begin. Dave, it's great to have you here with us in our office today. We really appreciate you coming in. And I was reading a recent interview that you conducted with us in our magazine, and I learned a few things about you I didn't know. One thing I saw was that you worked with your father at a very young age and that you took on some different roles in the factories that he was working in. Was that maybe an early driver that drove you to be interested in industrial engineering? Oh, thanks, Don. Good to be here with you today as well. And uh, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I was just thinking about that uh, uh, a few days ago, uh, my father ran a number of textile plants and used to bring me in on Saturday mornings uh, while he was uh, finishing up work and brought me out and showed me how all the machinery worked and why it was laid out the way it was. And he wasn't formally trained as an industrial engineer, but he certainly had a spirit of industrial engineering. And so as I got into my teenage years, he would um, have me work at the factories as uh, <laughs> basically low cost labor. Uh, real low-cost labor. And as a result of that, um, I got to really get a sense of productivity of these mm-hmm. these operations. And he brought in a new packaging machine and uh, set it up and told me that we needed to improve the output of the machine mm-hmm. from 200 units to substantially more than that. So I tinkered with it uh, and with the workforce for quite some time, for a number of weeks, and got the productivity up to 300 and 400 wow. and 500. And I thought, wow, I've really yeah. made it. And then he came back with some measurements and the other factory was doing 800 and I was doing 500. So I spent a lot of time figuring it out, asking him a lot of questions on how do I get to 800? And so I think that really instilled in me the sense of uh, improvement that industrial engineers can make in industry. Looking back on that time, I'm, I'm curious, knowing what you know now about industrial engineering after your education and your career, were there any specific IE disciplines that you perhaps unknowingly were even applying back then? and you learned later, oh, that was industrial engineering. Well, I think operations research and certainly a lot of work around labor scheduling and certainly factory layout back in those days. And so it always created 
for me, a number of questions on how does it work this way? Why does it work this way? Can it work better? And so I think he instilled in me that curiosity on uh, how can we make things work better? That's what we all do as industrial engineers. We used to have a bumper sticker here that said engineers make things, industrial engineers make things better. I confess I didn't like that bumper sticker because I think we make things too. But I understand IEs are are qualified and skilled at making things better. I'm also curious, Dave, um, I've heard you talk a little bit about how you first became associated with IISE. Of course, you've been a member for a long time and you've done a lot of roles with us. But what what first led you to IISE? Well, I was just graduating from the University of Toronto uh, and got my industrial engineering degree there and was connected with the Institute at that time through some other folks that I knew. Uh, that said it sounded like a good idea to join it. So I ended up joining it and went to my first industrial engineering conference in New Orleans in 1982. And I was overwhelmed by the amount of material courses and interactions that were available to a young industrial engineer. But I do remember taking out a few ideas and, and great examples. And that's when I first met Scott Sink uh, back then. He was a professor at Oklahoma State and was presenting on measurement by one number. And I brought that idea back to my organization, to uh, Loblaw Companies in Canada, a grocery retailer, and put that into effect in the warehouses. And it was great. And so I got lots of pats on my back and I thought, this is fantastic. I went to one conference, got a great idea, and they actually think I'm smarter than I am because I actually implemented this mm-hmm. idea. And so I've been connected with and attracted to IISE ever since. Yeah. Now, one thing that we talk about uh, as with our especially our younger members and perhaps even our student members, is how IISE helps them throughout their career. Obviously, it helps them when they're first getting started, as it did you and it did me as well. I joined when I was a student and and it helped me early on in in my first jobs in manufacturing. But let's talk about a little bit later as you've advanced throughout your career. What has IISE done for you that's helped you succeed uh, and, and gotten you perhaps where you are today? As I moved into management, it really enabled me to get a sense of benchmarking that wasn't otherwise available to me in the organization that I had. So learning the ideas and methodologies that other organizations were applying within their businesses that were working for them, even if it wasn't the same industry as what I was in, Mm -hmm. but taking those ideas and as I I call it, stealing them shamelessly and and implementing them in uh, really led me to be a much faster innovator of new management techniques and methodologies than I otherwise could have. As I moved on in my career up to more senior roles, it was a great source of finding industrial engineers to come and join the organization that I was with and build up that capability. And as I evolved through uh, my career, I ended up joining the Council on Industrial and Systems Engineers. And that was a terrific experience for me and sharing like ideas with executives from other industries and companies where we shared openly our experiences and enabled one another to be better within our roles. Yeah. I, and I can say the same thing, Dave. I know when I first graduated from college uh, and was working for an electronics manufacturing company, I recall going to the uh, local Atlanta chapter meetings. And I think they had a speaker there from Delta. Now, Delta is not electronics manufacturing, but uh, some of the things he was saying applied very well to some of the uh, production processes we had running. And I was able to go back and apply it and uh, uh, make a difference. And so I, IISE uh, has always, I think, helped industrial engineers 
engineers be better at their jobs. That, that's really what our mission is, is to make industrial and systems engineers better. And, and that's, it's, it's good to see it's done that for you. And I know it did it for me as well. Uh, one of the things I've also heard you say, and, and I read this in the interview, is that the profession of industrial and systems engineering should seek to increase its relevancy. What do you think it means for ISEs to be relevant today? I think many professions are, are being challenged by new technologies and emerging competitors. And I'll use as one example, medicine. So 20 or 30 years ago, we would go to the doctor, ask the doctor for a diagnosis of whatever our symptoms were, and we would believe what the doctor said, go home, do what the doctor said to do, and then check back with the doctor some days or weeks or months later to make sure that things were proper. Today, when people go in to see the doctor, they've already researched all their symptoms. They've already researched all their potential causes of those symptoms and are thinking about various solutions. And so the doctor's role has emerged from one that was the know-all expert Mm -hmm. that dictated the solutions to the one that now facilitates the path of solution yeah. and enables individuals to go on to see specialists or to uh, have access to medicine or to treatments that uh, they couldn't get directly. Mm-hmm. I think that industrial and systems engineers are going to go through the same thing, that as more and more of our, our tools, our knowledge and our skills are being represented by new apps, by new technologies yeah. and techniques, they become available to virtually anybody within organizations. So I think our role will go from being the experts on specific industrial engineering technologies to being that facilitator to enable organizations to use industrial engineering techniques and methodologies that best suit the organization's Mm -hmm. needs and and requirements for success. And so we'll be facilitating that, providing our expertise and wisdom. That's why I think it's really, really important for ISEs to really focus on learning throughout their career, because things are going to be changing fast on us. And so to stay ahead of the game and be the source of knowledge to help guide our organizations to success, we're going to have to continuously learn. That's interesting. And it's somewhat analogous to what IISE as an association is going through. You and I have been in this profession and this association for a number of years. We can both remember the the pre-internet days, if you will. In those days, IISE uh, was the recognized expert, the source of information for industrial and systems engineering. And if you wanted to know something, you came to us. You, you, you read our magazine or you read our journals or you, or you attended a meeting and that's how you learned and what you needed to do. Today, that information is out there everywhere and, it's, and, and people use Google and people use apps and people are doing so much that they used to have to come to us for. And now we're truly becoming an association that has to facilitate a lot of those same kinds of exercises among our profession. And whether it's networking groups together or serving as a conduit for that knowledge transfer, we may not always be the source, but we are the resource that that makes our members and our customers able, better able to um, access the information they need. Even if they could find it on their own, it's much better to come through us and and, and much richer as well. So I can see that. I I agree with you uh, very much on that, Don. 
And I think it's important for us to get really clear on how we can best serve our population by focusing in on the education that's required, by the networking that people want, by the mentorships that people want, by the experiences that they want to have in attending the conferences, and by the opportunities that people have to uh, land new jobs or take on new careers in, in different areas. And to the extent that we can really truly fulfill the requirements of our membership to achieve all of those things, we become very, very relevant. Absolutely. That, that's a great way to say it, David. And um, let's change direction slightly. I want to ask you about um, IISE and, and our international focus. You are uh, Canadian. You're the first Canadian. In fact, you're the first non-U.S. president uh, that's been elected on, to the board of IISE. How do you think this election uh, helps support our global mission and, and what more needs to be done to strengthen IISE's global community? Well, first of all, I'm very appreciative and, and humbled by the fact that uh, I have been chosen uh, for this role. And as I look at all the terrific predecessors uh, in this role, it's really a high standard to uh, to work towards. I think the perspective that I have coming from Canada and coming from Toronto, which is one of the most cosmopolitan cities in the world, allows me to see things a, a little bit more globally. I've extensively traveled uh, the world. And so I have a perspective from a number of different countries and cultures and approaches uh, to business. And I would lend whatever thoughts and ideas I have, obviously, to the board in order to help facilitate a more global perspective of IISE. And I think there are great opportunities. We're seeing far greater growth in other areas of the world in industrial and systems engineering than we are in North America, quite frankly. And so I think it's not long before we start learning about some of the emerging trends that are happening in other countries that aren't even yet happening here. And we're beginning to see some of that. And the alliances, I think, that you've put in place so far are a great foundation to growing a more global perspective for IISE. That's 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 a great observation, Dave. And you mentioned how the profession is growing more rapidly outside the United States than inside in, in, in many ways. Uh, we see that as well. We see the growth in Asia. We see the growth in Central and South America. And and some of that is is as manufacturing in, in some of those countries evolves and emerges as a primary uh, industry. Uh, we both know that that was the origin of our profession uh, way back in the day when industrial engineering was just gaining a foothold in the United States. And as we see it in other countries, it's not surprising that they're turning to industrial engineers and that they are emerging both from their educational institutions and just within industries. Uh, and, and as if IISE is going to stay relevant, like we've talked about, um, we're going to have to get a, a greater global presence and a greater global footprint than we have today. And I'm, I'm looking forward to working with you to help us do that. One more question for you, David. We're approaching the end of, of another decade, and uh, we're thinking more and more about the role of industrial and systems engineers in the year 2020 and beyond. This is going to be the time that you're going to be leading the board of trustees. You're the president-elect this year. Next year, you'll become president, then follow that up as past president. And what are some of the challenges and opportunities that you think we're going to face both as a profession and an association as we move into 2020 and beyond? Well, as I look at the uh, last five years of the IISE organization, you've managed to 
achieved so much and had great success with uh, profitability and with growth of the organization in a number of areas. The big challenge that we're going to have comes back to that relevancy again. And how do we become relevant for those students that are coming out of university that are looking to fast track their careers and relate to others and have a sense of community with others? And how can IISE be a core factor in that? Mm-hmm. And so we have to take those students and make IISE relevant for them with respect to what our offerings are. Uh, as an institution, whether we're providing learnings and education for them, we're providing networking for them, we're providing opportunities for them to get jobs through uh, companies that are part of IISE, or we're providing mentoring to them. All of those things will be very relevant to uh, young industrial engineers mm-hmm. moving up. Likewise, for those that are in the middle of their career, we have to make sure that we're relevant to them and continuing to accelerate and provide them with the learnings and the experiences that are, is going to enable them to be successful in the coming years as well. You're, you're so right, David. That one, one of the things I've always heard, and I'm sure you have too, they say perception is reality. And we may think we know the reality of the value that our association brings to those especially young and emerging industrial engineers as they graduate and go into the to their profession. If they don't see it, then then it's not there. We, we've got to make sure that they see the relevance and see the value and understand the impact that membership and, and association with IISE can have throughout their careers, because if they don't see it, it's not there. So that's going to be incumbent upon you and me and our board and our leaders to to both develop those those uh, value valuable ideas items and also to um, ensure that it's communicated effectively to those young people so that they do choose to affiliate with us throughout their career. Yes. And, uh, you know, even for the people that are in the final third of their career, there are great opportunities to benchmark, to provide networks, to relate to other individuals, but also to give back. Yeah. And I think that's becoming a more important factor as we get older, on how we can leave a mark, a legacy. Mm-hmm. And so I think IISE is a great venue for that. Yeah, that, that, that's very true. And I know you're a member and have been a member for a number of years of the Council on Industrial and Systems Engineering. And they're an independent body, but they're very closely affiliated with IISE. One of your membership requirements for CISE is that they be members of IISC. And so we're really tied at the hip, if you will, with, with our activities. And, and we appreciate you and your leadership and the council's leadership that the CISC is, of course, a very senior group of industry leaders and what they bring to us. But also, I hope what they get out of their membership in IISE is an admirable trait. And it's good to see that it's a two-way street, that they're benefiting from us and we certainly are benefiting from them as well. Absolutely. I believe I can speak for every person on the council that IISE has been a very rewarding relationship for every one of us and that it's provided us with insights that we wouldn't have otherwise had experiences that we wouldn't have otherwise had and quite frankly relationships and friendships that we wouldn't have otherwise had so it's been very fulfilling for me and i know for all the rest as well well thank you i'm glad to hear that well i think that's the end of our interview today dave i do want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us uh but i want to thank you even more for for volunteering your time both in the past many years that you've worked for worked with iisc in a number of roles and for stepping up now to be our new president-elect i look forward to working with you these next three years on the Board of Trustees. It's a pleasure, Don, and uh, I've really enjoyed the time that I've had here 
and it's great to have an opportunity to give back a little bit to the institution as well. This has been an episode of Problem Solved, the IISE podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. If you're an IISE member, you can participate in discussions about this and other episodes at connect.iise.org. If you're not a member yet, then you can learn all about the Institute of Industrial and Systems Engineers at our website, iise.org. Thanks for listening to our show. 